tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. Joyeux Noel. Kamiki Mikilaka, whatever that is in Hawaiian. And thank you. And Feliz Navidad. All those, uh, and welcome to the fourth Sunday of Vestember. It's also Advent, but also the fourth Sunday of Vestember. And, you know, some of you went, why is Mike doing this Vestember thing? Just because it's fun. And it's fun to dress up during the holidays and enjoy time. And Christmas is almost here. It is exactly a week away. So how are the preparations going? All done? Wow, God bless you. (laughs) Now, sure, with the gifts and the gatherings, uh, but also those homemade special treats. I know some of you have them. What are they? What's your famous or favorite homemade special treat? Tamales. Yes. Lasagna. Lasagna. Awesome. Absolutely. Fudge. What else? Anything else? What's that? Mom's cheesecake. Now I'm getting hungry. There are all kinds of wonderful homemade treats for me. It's Helen's toffee. That starts the season off. Uh, we make this thing called goop bread because it's just got coconut and sugar and cinnamon, and it's just amazing. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Specialty fudge that's being made. Uh, I've started making a peppermint fudge ice cream. Yeah, yeah, ooh, it's right. And I can't wait to smoke the Christmas roast and it'll be sunny. It, it, when all these things, it's so amazing uh, and, and it's amazing to enjoy. But for those who choose to learn how to make them, whether it's passed down a recipe from year to year and year, there is a joy. There's a joy in that journey, in the weight of learning there is also a wisdom, an applied knowledge, which is the definition of wisdom in all that there is the joy of accomplishment and making something others enjoy. And really, it's just fun. A good chunk of life is spent learning. Much of what we learn takes years to perfect the knowledge enough to use it. Uh, Christy and I were visiting missionaries in Japan a number of years ago, and they took us to a tempura place, you know, where they make the tempura and and all of that. And so we were sitting there at a bar type thing, and we were looking at little eels in this tank, live eels, and we said, oh, we'd love to try one of those. Well, a guy, the tempura chef, took these giant chopsticks and in one motion scooped out the eel, put it on the thing, cut it, filleted it, dropped it in the batter, dropped it in the sauce, and it was fried there for us in, a, in less than a minute. I was pretty impressed with that. Uh, and it tasted incredible. <laughs> I think I felt it moving while I was chewing it. <laughs> but it... it, it, it uh, Fantastic. But what I learned later is that it took nine years of learning to become a tempura chef for waiting to be that expertise. And that weight cultivates wisdom. Waiting is not passive, like waiting your turn in line, but active. Learning, practicing, being coached, 
being guided. And in this wait, there is both a joy and a wisdom. You should have seen a look on his face to be able to do that in one fluid motion. And it's much of, it, it, this is how much, this is much like how waiting on God works in our lives. For active waiting on God creates and cultivates a joy bringing wisdom for life. We see this in the Christmas narrative, specifically in the visit from the wise men, where three joy-giving revelations come to light in waiting on the Lord. For active waiting on God cultivates a joy bringing wisdom to life. And so I'd like for us this morning to explore this wonderful story of the wise men visiting Jesus and see how we might enter into this joy-giving wisdom as well. Before we do, if you wouldn't mind, please standing with me and let's pray and ask God to challenge us this morning. I'm glad you're here, whether here in person or here online. Uh, Thanks for being here. Father God, thank you. Thank you for just the lessons we learn from this Christmas narrative, which many of us have gone through year after year after year. And yet, Lord, it becomes new almost every year. Some exciting things we learn. May this morning be that time where we gain from your word. And may you teach us uh, just through this wonderful interaction of these wise men and their journey and their time with Jesus. Teach us, we pray. We pray this in the name of Jesus. If you wouldn't mind having a seat and take out the outline uh, John mentioned about the Worship folder you have, if you turn it over, there are some blanks to fill in. If you don't like blanks to fill in, you want a blank piece, find some place and just write down some notes. There's also a study guide that you can get after the end of the service. And all these materials for those online are online and available. But at our, at, if you're here in person, out these double doors to the left, there is a uh, resource table there. On there, you'll find a study guide that has all the answers to the fill in the blanks, but also some questions to look at for this week and and on in as you study. Our hope is that you would use this time in God's word as a launch pad for some more personal study. And that's why we have a revived section of our webpage. We also do a podcast. And as John mentioned, encourage you to pick up the devotional because it's always good to go a little deeper, especially this time of year. Well, this whole interaction with the wise men seemed to have taken place maybe two years less, maybe more after Jesus was born where Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus were still in Bethlehem. Uh, Probably not in what could have been that shallow cave or uh, in the side of the hill where Jesus was born. They most likely found lodging. Joseph and Mary worked to provide for their family. Uh, Maybe Joseph was doing carpentry work in and around town. Mary probably strapped Jesus tight to her as she went into the fields to work possibly picking olives for Bethlehem was known for olive groves. If some of you visited the Holy Land and you visited Bethlehem, there's there's a lot of olive wood shops there. Some of them are made in China, but most of them are made also in Bethlehem and you can do that. But now months uh, before the arrival of the entourage of Jesus, these learned men, these wise men were struck with curiosity to seek out this newborn king of the Jews, Israel's Messiah, a prophet, priest, and king. These wise men were a group of learned people. They, were, they had expertise in the areas of finance and commerce and economics and astronomy and agriculture and meteorology, irrigation, religion, governance, architect, the technology of the day, and how to run a city and more. Every kingdom 
had some of these men, some of these learned individuals. That's how that kingdom thrived. These people were kingmakers, men of great wisdom. Daniel from the Bible book of Daniel was part of these learned men. And as they traveled many miles, taking what could have been a month and a half to, le- to learn to, as they learned how to, or the, about this king of the Jews, following their star, their active waiting yielded wisdom that showed in joyful worship of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. So I'd like us to look at this uh, amazing part of the Christmas narrative and see these three joy-bringing revelations on waiting on God for active waiting on God cultivates a joy bringing wisdom to life. Well, the first one, if you have your Bible and open up to Matthew chapter two, the first of these three joy bringing revelations is the weight on God's coaching guides. Let's look at Matthew chapter two, verses one and two. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Bethlehem is about six miles from Jerusalem. Herod was an appointed king by Rome, not king by birth, but just appointed by Rome. And he was horrible, really kind of crazy. He murdered some and a lot of his family out of jealousy. Well, these wise men, were people who had invested time in learning. And in their wait to know, they took on the intensity of hard work and long hours of knowing. They invested time to know all of the things that they knew. Now, foolishness, according to the Bible, is seen in those who want quick, easy, not much effort solutions and are self-absorbed. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but the wise man listens to advice. And that advice, that knowledge takes time, energy, and effort, like what these wise men must have done. They most likely studied much of the first five books of the Bible and the writings of God's prophets. For there in there was many foretellings, more many prophecies of Jesus, even down to where he was born. And we talked about this a number of weeks ago. Doug, one of our elders, gave a great message on all the different prophecies. But maybe one of them was Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, which says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and it shall crush the head of, of the forehead of Moab and break down the sons of Sheath. As well, they, they most likely saw Jeremiah 23, 5. The verse is not up there, but it says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will rise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and wisely deal with and execute justice and righteousness in the land. Or Isaiah 20, or 7, 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord said, He himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall call his name Emmanuel. And then, of course, Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government should be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. 
on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. In all this learning, they gained wisdom. And these wise men, because of their learning, were open to the miraculous. Yes, the prophecies, seeing them come true, but also the star. They had studied meteorology. They had understood the the movements of the stars. But something appeared miraculously, and they wanted to investigate. It seemed odd. So they investigated. So instead of just canceling it or ignoring it or out of fear pretending it didn't happen, they pursued this phenomenon, and God guided them. You see, their weight in learning allowed them to be guided God's direction. And that's a question for us. Are we? Are we putting in the rigors of learning about God and his way of life? And the harder part of that, actually practicing it. For in that, there is guidance for life. A joy of following great coaching. For active waiting on God cultivates joy bringing wisdom for life. It's for us to keep being curious about God and his way of life. Even though we might have read the Bible, we need to continue to read and explore. That's why we encourage the devotionals and and getting into Bible study. As you spend time understanding and going forth and looking at God's word, God will continue to guide you through life. And it is joy, a complete joy to watch him direct. And just seems to happen that these things that we learn are very applicable to the moment. Some of you have had those times. Well, the next joy bringing revelation is to wait on God's promise, to the wait on God's promises fulfill. Look at verse two, uh, chapter two, verses three to six. When Herod, the king heard this, these wise men come seeking the king of the Jews. When Herod heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him and assembling the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them, where the Christ child was to be born. Uh, They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophets, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, by no means least among the rules of Judah, from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. What's interesting is the wise men were directed by the way of learning as they followed the miraculous star. However, they did not know specifically where this king of the Jews would be born. And yet they were still willing to trust in what they did know of the promise of God and to take action. So they asked Herod. They went to Jerusalem because all the things pointed to there. And they went to Jerusalem, asked Herod. He asked the leaders of the day, and they knew right away where Messiah would be born. Micah 5.2. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, are, the, are too little to among the clans of Judah. We just read that. From the, shall come forth one who is the ruler of Israel. So the question I have is why were these religious leaders not looking? Why were they not actively waiting on God's promises? Waiting on the Lord is not passive, but it's active. We're not to just sit and do nothing. We're to search. We're to search out God's best. We're to search out God's direction. We're to search out God's way and God's calling. And he guides us. 
It's easier to guide a moving ship than one stationary. In contrast, these religious leaders knew but did nothing. Though waiting for Messiah and knew where he would be born, they were not actively looking. Now, maybe they were paralyzed by fear. Herod was not a nice guy and a bit crazy. Or maybe they felt so full of themselves that they feel that God should come directly to them. Why were these wise men coming? God should come to them. They're the religious right. Or maybe they just got lazy in faith. Or maybe they lost their passion for God and now self was most important. We don't know. But their weight was not active. Now, the wise men's weight was active and moved on the promises of God, the promises of God in scripture, all those prophecies, they moved a whole entourage of them, some 800 miles, most likely taking some 40 days. And it was fulfilling. There are many promises in scripture that we should wait on with active waiting God promises to guide us. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Psalms 48, 14 says, if you trust in the Lord, he will guide you. We're to trust enough to follow God's teachings. As we do, it is rewarding because he will guide each step. God promises to be with us. We are to remind ourselves and believe in that promise. Moving with confidence, God is with us. And in that, there is a satisfaction beyond understanding. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. The promise is God is with us. Be active in our waiting to trust in that and to move forward as if he is there because he is. God also promises to provide not passively waiting, but actively working hard, not passively playing the victim, but taking responsibility for life and necessities. And we gain that sense of joy, knowing that God cares for us and provides along the way. Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It doesn't mean that we won't have to wait or maybe even go hungry at times or have to wait a long time, but God is going to provide. We can hang on to that promise. Where are you in waiting on God's promises? Actively waiting? Passively waiting. Active waiting on God cultivates a joy-bringing wisdom for life. One more joy-bringing revelation. It is the wait on God's provision brings joy. Let's look again at... uh, Matthew chapter 2, now verses 9 to the end of our passage, verse 12. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going to the house, they saw the child with Mary and his mother, and they fell down and worshiped, then opened their treasures and offered them gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed on their own country. God used both 
an evil king and a few miracles, the dream and the star to provide the wisdom, what they, to, to provide the wise men what they needed to find what they were waiting for. Uh, the evil king was there. <laughs> he was really slimy. In fact, in, the, in verse seven, Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star would appear. And then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you find them, bring word of me and I too will worship him. Hey, this king had ulterior motives. And we learn later, if you find out, read, read this Christmas story later, you'll see that Herod did a horrible thing in Bethlehem. You can read on to find that. But even these wise men, through all of that, began to move when they saw the miraculous star. They were active in their waiting. You know, it's like the gifts that we receive at Christmas. We, get, we may get something, and in that there is a joy. Wow, someone thought about us, and they gave us a gift. And then, and then we open it, and it's amazing. How amazing is that, that God gave these wise men the star? But the star was meant to be followed. Anybody, anybody uh, like coffee? You like coffee? I have a gift for you. Who, who, who's, who, like, who like coffee? Okay, over here. You like coffee? I have a gift for you. Here it is. Uh, it's a gift. Open it up. Open it up. It's just, just an envelope. It's a Starbucks card. Starbucks card. Woo! Now, to get the gift, she had to first receive it to take it on her own, right? Okay, then after she received the gift, that's great that she has a gift, right? When does she express the value of that gift? When she goes to Starbucks. And it's a $25 gift card. <laughs> because it's meant to be shared. So find a friend somewhere here and go to Starbucks and buy them a coffee with that uh, gift card as well. That might only buy two drinks these days. <laughs> But see, it's the idea that when we receive a gift and, and yet if we just keep it in the package and never open it, is it really a useful gift? And then if we'd open it and let it sit there and yet never put it into practice, what good is the gift? How sad if these wise men would have just said, ah, this is too confusing. Herod seems too slimy. Let's just forget it. Forget the miraculous reality of the star that's there and all the miles they have traveled. Ah, it's just not worth it. Some, but sometimes we do that with faith. We come to a believing knowledge that we're sinful, that we need a savior and that is Jesus. And we get to the point where we say, I believe. And we hold up that gift card of faith and we get it. Yes, I believe, but never actually engage in this relationship with God by getting to know him personally and understanding his word and, and interacting and seeking to follow how he wants us to live. That's where the joy and the wisdom of life comes in. When we actually practice and that's active waiting on God. These wise men went for it. And this passage always just blows my mind. Verse 11 and going into the house, these wise men coming to the house where Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus were, and they saw the child and Mary, 
the mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. They didn't just bow. They didn't just curtsy. They actually fell flat on their face out of the majesty and honor and glory and all the greatness of God. They saw it and could not remain on their feet because of the awesomeness of God. That was gained because they had spent time rifling through scriptures, trying to understand this star phenomenon, realizing all of the prophecies of Jesus, of Messiah. They were so welled up and saw this incredible, miraculous star, and it just got them. And these wise men, who when they walked into town, people would bow before them. They bowed before no one, not even kings. They were king makers. And yet they bowed before the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But you know what? God has provided us more than a star to follow. He has provided us Jesus and the Bible to guide us. So let's not lose heart. For there is joy in the journey following Jesus, who is called the light of the world. John 8, 12. It first starts with receiving that gift from God, understanding that in life, we have this horrible disease called sin. It's every one of us has caught it. We got it at birth. And it's part of our life. And it has a deadly effect on us. That if we don't deal with that, we will not be able to go to heaven. We'll not be able to fulfill God's purpose on our life. And we won't have a relationship with God. And there's nothing humanly we can do to deal with that at all. That's why we need a savior. And that's why we sing and are so excited about Jesus being born because he is that savior. And he is the one who deals with our sin. When he came, not just to to be a little baby in a manger, but he came and he lived and he showed us how to connect with God. But he also came for the purpose to hang on a cross and pay the ultimate penalty for our sin, which is death. And he died a real, horrible, painful death. Breathed his last. But he didn't stay dead. (laughs) That's why we look forward to Easter. Easter is the time we celebrate Jesus risen from the dead and him rising from the dead is exclamation point proof of reality, proof that he did pay the penalty for our sins. And all we need to do is to receive the gift, open the gift and apply that gift to our life. And we too can have that connection with God restored, that salvation happened to us, that God now leading us and guiding us through life and that connection with him is amazing. And I hope that each of you have come to that place where you've not just received the gift, but opened the gift and are active involved in that. And if you're not sure, I encourage you to pick up one of these packets that we've made available in there. There's a letter written how you can make sure you know. There's some materials also that you can read and be able to challenge and encourage you with that. Many people have picked up those packets each Sunday and, and I encourage you to do that. If, but do it for yourself. Don't pick one for somebody else. But we're to practice that active waiting 
on the truths we learn. For active waiting on God cultivates a joy-bringing wisdom, and God provides. Even, even with the gift of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, those were used most likely to fund Jesus' journey as he was able to flee uh, from Bethlehem to Egypt because of Herod's wicked scheme. God provides, and there is joy in waiting on the Lord. Just like the weight of learning cultivates wisdom to master a craft or a skill or those special Christmas treats we enjoy. There is joy taking the risk and putting it out there, putting the energy out there to actively wait on the Lord. We saw it with the wise men as they brought out three joy-bringing revelations on waiting on God. Active waiting on God, on God's coaching guides. Active waiting on God's promises fulfills. Active waiting on God's provision brings joy. For active waiting on God cultivates joy-bringing wisdom for life. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you. (laughs) Just for the familiar story of the wise men. And yet, Lord, I still just can't imagine... (laughs) what it must have been like for Mary and Joseph to observe these learned men, men of renown, men who were awesome, to not just bow, but to be thrust to the ground out of the greatness of their son. It says Mary treasured all these things in her heart because she began to understand this was Jesus. God's son, our savior. And Lord, we're excited to know him and excited to worship him. And Lord, this Christmas, may you open up to us just a greater sense of your greatness, your awesomeness, your amazingness. And Lord, may we, like the wise men, continue to go through the rigors of learning and growing so that we might cultivate that wisdom within us to live life your way. Bless us in that, we pray. In the name of Jesus, let's continue our worship.